Hi everyone. Welcome to Upstart Live with Payu. Upstart Live is a podcast series featuring entrepreneurs and thought leaders from across various sectors in the Indian startup ecosystem. So if you're looking to grow your business or just a proud enthusiast of India's growing startup economy, this is the right series for you. Our host for the session today is Sakshi Unyal. She's a part of the branding team for Payu India. Thank you so much for joining us today on another session of Upstart. As we all know, the Indian startup ecosystem is growing rapidly, and branding definitely is an effective catalyst for growing businesses in such an evolving market. Hence, our topic today is on brand strategy for startups. And joining us is Shrinivas, an independent brand consultant. Thank you so much, Shrinivas, for giving time and joining us. Hi, hi. So uh, very quickly on my work background, uh, I spent around 13 years with uh, some of the larger companies like Asian Paints, Unilever, TVS, uh, and from 2010 I've been a consultant. For a couple of years, I was with a firm called the Brand Gym, and for the last nine years, I've been uh, predominantly working with a lot of uh, early stage companies. Uh, and there's a reason why uh, I kind of am always passionate about startups and early stage companies because I've seen a lot of good work happening there. It's almost like the seeds of branding are sowed in that at that stage. Now, what I thought I'll cover here is the what, the why, the when, the how, the who, the where of of branding. However, the perspective I'm going to be having today is that uh, see, there is a certain kind of training that we normally give to practitioners of marketing. So I normally like to begin with this. You know, there is normally a lot of common areas between brand and marketing, but. increasingly it's very clear to me that you know brand and marketing are actually almost two different things and this is how i see it you know it's almost like a good brand actually doesn't need any marketing you know there you would find that you know i always say some of the best brands are actually the the exclusive clubs in every city you know you actually have like 10 year waiting list to get into a good club so those clubs are brands you know they charge a premium there are a lot of people queuing up in fact they actually discourage consumers for example education institutes like the iim or the iit or harvard they are brands you know they are not marketing they are actually choosing whom they will you know take money from so in fact that's one extreme of branding so great brands actually can do without marketing a brand is something that you build for a longer term you know it's like an asset that you have a lot of valuation is driven by you know the brand strength the brand equity and marketing typically tends to be an activity that actually costs money costs effort so that's the difference between the brand and marketing and like any asset activity an an activity can either build or deplete an asset yeah so whatever we are doing on marketing can either build the brand or you can actually uh, feed off the brand for example if the brand is very strong and then you can possibly if you give say a discount on that brand you would possibly have a because you you are actually working off a stronger brand a similar discount or an offer on a weaker brand possibly will not but anything like a discount or a promotion is actually extracting from the equity of the brand whereas things like innovation and some of the other things i'll be taking through so certain marketing actions actually build the brand and like i said brand being an asset so you know one of the big questions i'm sure many of you would already know but a strong brand actually means that you have better roi on marketing so the same amount of marketing investments on two brands could deliver very different results depending on the the power of each brand so the same dollar work harder if the asset is stronger again brands give pricing power that that's that's one of the more obvious benefits of branding and also increasingly brands also have a high correlation to valuation premiums valuations are normally driven by entry barriers 
non-duplicatable strengths of any business and along with uh, things like technology and uh, and human capital brand tends to be one of the relative intangibles that drives valuation so the question for almost all of us is to say every time we are doing any marketing what i would like you to think of is saying is the marketing building the brand or is the marketing depleting the the reserves of the brand now like any asset right if you normally see an asset an asset normally have a owner and assets also have custodians and and the owners and custodians are very different you know owner is some some person for the, the whole the growth and the value of the asset is always going to go to the owner but the custodians are actually paid to manage the asset on behalf of the owners so very often what happens like people like me consultants marketing heads uh, professionals employees a lot of the marketing ecosystems role is to be custodians of the brand but with a very clear in fact uh, uh, you know this is a uh, I'm, i'm actually reinforcing to uh, any of you who are actually owning a business or a brand that you need to be very conscious that the asset is owned by you and and people you work with are actually custodians of that asset and hence the the quality of oversight and and other the relationship always i find is very good if it's like the owner custodian relationship i mean the just one of the uh, many uh, inspiring founders i worked with this is this gentleman is it was an ex ips officer who's built indian terrain which is one of the largest independent apparel brands in india and for me owners like him actually reflect the soul of the brand for example you know what does a brand stand for what kind of products go under the brand what kind of experience is a brand offering all of these are very carefully decided on with high degree of conviction by the founder but for me it's almost like the best brands are being built by owners who actually are able to understand and manage their brand intelligently now a bit of theory but you know normally if you if you open up any kind of textbooks or blogs on branding you'll have various kind of terminologies that come in there'll be like talk of brand positioning or usp or value proposition there are tools like the brand key and you know like unilever uses a brand key so a lot of companies have very different tools so sometimes there is there is a chance for us to almost get overawed by the jargon and the theory in the whole subject i would almost implore all of you to say that you know it's almost a like treat all of these as expressions of what i would call an idea of a brand an idea is somebody saying what does your brand stand for you could call it positioning usp the key or anything else but i like to call it the idea of the brand but all of these are pretty much interchangeable terms so like i said the owners need to be very clear what's the idea of their brand typically if i if i i mean i've done this like multiple times over the last many years whenever i ask brand owners what's your brand idea they often tell me the product idea you know we are a very nutritious uh, organic uh, food or we are fed from the farm vegetables or we are you know we we are underwear made with some model fabric so uh or we are a you know seamless payment gateway and so a lot of brand ideas uh, are often mistaken to be product ideas or even worse category ideas so sometime back i was kind of working with a brand called fab hotel so they they believed that they were a premium budget hotel they said that's what a brand stands for now over some exercises and understanding of the brand the brand idea was recrafted as something like a pit stop for road warriors that is what this is what fab hotel stands for so road warriors are traveling salesmen businessmen who always have a very tough life and they always have to come back at the end of the day and unwind and relax and chill and rejuvenate and get back to the next day 
So the idea of the brand is like a pit stop for road warriors. So this is very different from saying a premium budget hotel. Because if you say premium budget hotel, they might possibly be hundreds across the country. If an idea like this is possibly ownable by the brand. Similarly, uh, when, when we first worked with Indian Terrain, there were a lot of attempts at articulating the brand. They said, we are about American sportswear, we are smart, casual. So all of that, like I said, again, comes back to what I would call as a category idea. So if you look at American sportswear or casual wear, you'll find Alan Solly, you know, Scholars, Tommy Hilfiger, Gap. So a lot of brands that actually are playing in the same category. And hence the brand is struggling to differentiate itself. So again, over the course of a workshop and stuff like that, they actually came back and said, we are a brand that is about real mature manliness. So Indian terrain is always a brand which is about the idea of a man. You know, whether it should be, if you go and look at a lot of work done by a brand like Indian terrain over the last 10 years, you will see uh, an evolution and continuous uh, you know, recalibration of the idea of manliness. And, and hence, suddenly the brand is very clear. It's not just another casual wear brand. And, and this is been interesting. So what this kind of uh, definition allows the brand to do is it allows the brand to go beyond conventional category boundaries. So a brand like Indian Terrain can, for example, get into not just apparel, they can get into accessories. A brand like Indian Terrain can possibly start a men's club. You know, they can start maybe a high-end, uh, you know, barber shop or grooming center for men and they can get into grooming accessories. So suddenly what happens if the idea, brand idea is much larger than the product idea, then the brand is able to support a dizzying wide array of products, which is why brands like Nike, they start off as a shoe, but they can do uh, technology gadgets. A brand like Apple start off with computers, but now can do a watch. You know, they could even launch a car because the idea of the brand Apple or Nike or Indian Terrain or any of these strong brands is not just a product or a category idea, but an idea which is much larger. So it's like a brand is an idea. And I say, it's like, you know, where does the idea come from? You know, hey, that's a good idea, but where did it come from, right? So the idea normally stems from a belief, which is why different founders in, in the same industry could have very, very interestingly different brands because they are the beliefs that they work under a very different. For example, you know, people, a lot of people ask me in, in all these sessions that, you know, we are just a, a young brand. Do you think we can do, you know, you're talking about Nike and Apple and Indian terrain, but you know, we are much younger. You know, in fact, this is a brand we've all grown up, you know, seen grow up literally. And it's a brand that's driven by a belief. The belief is something that we could resonate with, agree, disagree, but there is a belief behind the brand. And something like Apple, again, it's, it's driven by a belief. You know, we can see it reflected in the product, in the user experience, in their in their innovations. There is a very strong belief that drives brands like Apple or even Patanjali. You know, this is one of my favorite campaigns for Adidas. They are not saying that, you know, they're not even showing their product. They're not say showing their shoes or their jackets. They are just talking about their belief. People see this and they buy shoes and jackets and a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah, just do it as another example. It, you know, so, so some of these great brands have grown to an extent where they just talk about the belief and a lot of their products sell because their belief is strong. So the challenge for, for a business owner is to arrive at a belief. You know, where do you start from? You have a business, you know the product, you know the category, but how do you arrive at a belief? And in some organizations, you might be having co-partners, you might be having employees, you'll be having, say, investors. So sometimes it's also a challenge for the company to agree on a belief. You know, I think this, my wife thinks this. So, so a lot of brands continue without agreeing on a belief and that lack of clarity shows. 
The bigger danger I've seen is sometimes a lot of brands don't stick to a belief. For every Nike or uh, you know Apple or Patanjali, there will be hundreds of brands that are not as strong as these because they really not. They had a belief at a point in time. Then some person came, the belief changed. So, but what we've seen over time is people who have a strong belief that has got a lot of agreement and uh, buying within the team, and which is stuck to for like brands like Coca Cola are like hundred year old brands. Brands like Nike are sixty year old brands, which means for many many years they have stuck to brands like Harley Davidson even older. So arriving, agreeing, and sticking to a belief builds strong brands. Yeah, these are these are like some of the brands I've worked on. So this is Subcard Dentist in Bombay. So this is like a dentist brand that believes strong people need strong teeth, and that's the belief of the brand. This is a, a salon chain in Bangalore, the largest salon chain in Bangalore, and for them the belief is about understanding the pain of women. so the whole brand strategy is driven by a certain belief that comes from their consumers this is a belief that we went with for medlife which was about uh, you know not being lackadaisical and careless about health so the challenge like i said you know while the sticking to a belief is a different challenge the how do you arrive at a belief where do you begin from and how do you start so somebody like me that's what i do for a living i work with startups helping them arrive at the belief but i'll share the methodology with you So the belief always starts from saying who is your customer, right? We all will, you know, whenever you go to anybody, they say, okay, who are you targeting? Who is your customer? I I just make a small change in that. I actually say it's not about who is your customer; it's about who do you want as your customer. Today, you might be a certain scale, you know, and if things go well, you might be like hundred times your current size. So the customers you will have to acquire are not the customers who are you already have. so you will you can decide what kind of a customer you want to go after and for me you know this is a very good example of two brands that go behind very different customers each of them has a great market right each of them have definitely 40% of their country if not more and nothing is to say that this customer is right or that customer is wrong or this brand is right or that brand is strong but there are two brands that have chosen two different customers and based on that customer they have created the belief so what is the belief of the republican party very clear because they know who's their customer what's the belief of the uh, democrats they know who's their customer now this is politics right but if you are to come back to brands for example unilever has a brand called fair and lovely and they have a brand called dove now very different target audiences it's uh, but very very different beliefs fair and lovely believes that you have to be fair if you need a good deal in life yeah if a person is not fair they won't get jobs they won't get married so life for dark people is not good that's the belief of fair and lovely and that's like a huge brand it's like a thousands of crores value brand dove on the other hand believes that you can be dark you can be old you can be fat whatever you are beauty is 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 not you know everybody is beautiful so dove doesn't try to make a dark woman fair or a fat woman thin or anything like that both the brands have different target audiences and they have different beliefs and they are both interestingly owned by the same company so the challenge for almost all of you would be as you're moving ahead on the brand journey to say who is my customer and what is the belief of my brand that will resonate with my customer now when i say who is your customer normally people will say that yeah you know they are 18 to 45 year old you know they are uh, working in it companies or something like that but very often you will find that those are all demographic definitions yeah a demographic is things like age or gender income uh, city locality psychographic tends to be personality beliefs attitude 
Now, Apple, when they launched, they actually had a campaign like this where they said, these are the kind of customers, if they were alive, who would have bought Apple. Yeah, they actually use Mahatma Gandhi, Charlie Chaplin, and a whole lot of others. Now, what is it that com- that connects all of them? They're all from a similar psychographic. Apple said, we are for change makers. We are for crazy people who think they can change the world. All of these were. In their own way, each of them were crazy enough to want to change the world. Whether they were an artist or a technology guy or a writer or a politician or a filmmaker. Right? So brands have actually, when you say, who's your consumer? I'll be very happy if you say my consumer is the is the girl who wants to grab attention. My consumer is that quiet man who wants to not uh, get noticed or whatever. So those are all psychographics and a lot of brands, strong brands begin with a clear psychographic customer definition. So that's it, right? So you have a customer definition and then you arrive at a belief. And then I showed you some examples of the kind of ideas brands have. But the critical thing today's world, and we all know it's about social media, the difference today is that consumers today have the chance to form their own opinion about brands. So consumers are telling brands that don't tell me what you stand for, show me what you stand for. The actions of the brands are very important. Generally, what you'll find is that it's very difficult for brands to actually change their positioning or belief. There is a politician about whom the audience have said that, uh, oh no, you know, he is that. It's going to be really difficult for advertising campaigns or something to change the belief. There are a lot of brands that you might have written off in a category. Maybe it's not very cool or maybe it's not for someone like you. If you've already formed an opinion about a brand because of a certain strategy of theirs, the changing the position of the brand is not very easy, which is why we'll come back to the timing of brand actions, etc. But sometimes brands will have to ensure that they don't make a mistake that they're going to be feeling bad about later. For example, Bluestone as a brand believes that, you know, the need for jewelry is a cry for romance. And that's the belief of the brand. And hence their products are about, so there is this jewelry collection they have called Sound of Love, where the, the pattern of the jewelry is a heartbeat of the words, I love you. So it means that the brand is, is willing to walk the talk on that belief. For example, Scooty was a brand that believed that, you know, girls need to be, you know, expressive and stylish and confident. So Scooty was the first automobile in the world to launch like 99 colors. So it's an action that demonstrates the belief of the brand. Sometimes it could be like I told you about Indian Terrain. So the the actions could also be about the imagery, the kind of products that you launch. So Indian Terrain has a very, a certain kind of a very mature wash, certain color palettes. So all of them reinforce, okay, that this is what the brand stands for. Like the, the Indian Terrain stores will have a lot of red brick and a lot of wood. So all of that, those actions uh, reaffirm and reinforce the, the idea of the brand. There's another brand that, that I worked on called High Care, where they chose to take a character. But then, then there is like, you, you then start using a kind of language and, and style of communication everywhere. For each of these examples, a lot of examples of brands that don't follow it. I'm not showing the bad examples, but this is the kind of approach that uh, I believe is possible and that works for building brands. So then we come to the question when, right? So it's okay. I mean, are we too small? Are we too, you know, should we do it after a year or are we at the right stage? Now, what I've seen is that both of these can be a problem. Sometimes a brand intervention too early is is also wrong. Uh, You know, like I always say, you know, you you should not ask a child to choose the the college degree at before the child is ready, like maybe 10th or 11th standard, because the, the child needs to experiment and learn before they say, this is my brand. Now, what I've normally seen is that there are distinctly two stages to a brand, right? There is a first stage 
where the brand is not super critical but it's more about being available and and just getting some sales through or literally hook or crook the term that's increasingly popular this is called growth hacking or growth marketing this happens through search ads or facebook where you just put some very generic product images and you work more on the product idea rather than the brand idea but then you're smart about it and you grow from say level x to level y now what happens is it's good as long as that growth happens you don't even need to build a brand at that stage but somewhere for whatever reason that growth starts plateauing off invariably it will happen at 100 for one brand it will happen at 1000 for another brand but the growth hacking phase tends to plateau and that is a stage where there is a need felt that unless we build a brand we can't grow beyond it there are certain categories like if you were to take you know, a category like say urban clap or urban company you know they are selling plumbers carpenters it's a very search led brand when you have a refrigerator that's conked off you want a refrigerator service so you're working on search on the other extreme when you talk about say something like apparel or shoes or something that is very desired you you have seven shoes and you want to buy an eighth shoe so you're not searching to see the shoe but you just see a shoe in a mall or in on facebook and you like it and similarly there are categories where the stakes are very low whereas if you want to choose a school for your child or a home to live in the stakes are very high yeah and there are like if you want to buy a car or a phone similarly there are certain categories that are very availability driven okay oh i go here that's you know i i go to a restaurant and they give me sauce yeah whatever sauce they give i have yeah if i say bottled water but whatever i don't say give me bisleri or something so there are certain categories that are availability driven and certain categories are very choice driven now what happens is the plateau like what i call the ceiling is much faster in categories where which are on the right hand side so all of you are the right judges to say are you in a category where desires high stakes choice matter in which case your brand building possibly is better off started early but if you are in a search led low stakes availability driven category chances are you are more commoditized and hence growth hacking could very often take you to a longer uh, to a higher peak there are brands of shoe laces today which are very profitable large and a lot of athletes just buy this now who would have thought shoe laces is about a brand you buy a shoe and you get a shoe lace i mean you never even thought of shoe laces as a different category but today shoe laces is a category today shoe soles are a category and there are brands of shoe soles so these brands have been created in categories where people never imagined brands could be created there are brands of zippers which are very popular amongst denim brands and all like there's a brand collecting ykk so any of your category might can move from the left to the right because like we said there is a benefit in moving to the branded side because it's all about valuation but you can move there if you are able to create desire introduce choice where choice did not exist and increase stakes yeah if you are able to do this you are possibly moving from a commoditized end of the market to a branded end and you can then start your brand journey that much earlier and with all the benefits of branding so finally uh, almost the last segment is to say okay who does what you know like who do you go to when you need to kind of have some stuff on branding like the analogy i say you know what do you do before boarding a bus you have to say where do i need to go how soon do i need to reach how much are you willing to spend how critical is your destination so there are a lot of decisions you do before you board a bus and and for me a lot of these are kind of questions that you might very often have to answer almost internally you know what's the idea of the brand what's my strategy what is the kind of innovation that we want to drive like i was talking to you about the shoe laces and shoe soles what is the plan to create choice desire all of these are best done internally 
you can sometimes use consultants or some sounding boards to help you form your mind but very often these questions are are very very unique to every business and every brand and like i said every founder you know baba ramdev would have decided what he wanted to do steve jobs would have decided what he wanted to do and they are the examples of great brand creators but when you need functional expertise when you need creativity you can go outside so you say i want to stand for this, this is what i want to do but then i need packaging i need digital marketing or you need a content strategy or a whole lot of other things like advertising then there is this whole external what i call the ecosystem of agencies and very specialized general of various kinds of agencies uh, are available but it's always better if you clear about what you want to do and then go to the kind of partner who can who can help you along the way any tips you have considering the indian market the was what is really surprising is that the indian market is really not surprisingly that different from international markets for example some of the strongest brands in india are international brands right across categories you take soaps you take automobiles you take phones uh so you know you take apparel so um, like i said brand and marketing is very different a lot of nuances come into marketing i'm not talking about marketing today but marketing could be things like you know uh, retail availability promotions uh, you know communication and stuff like that but very often what you find is strong brands are strong across the world coca cola is strong across the world gillette is strong across the world yeah so definitely there are nuances uh, about markets but you know the bigger differences are like i said among psychographics like if you are an artist in in say bangalore you will find an artist in new york to be exactly the same as you if you're a musician let's suppose you're a, a musician in india maybe playing traditional music and you meet a musician in say paris who plays jazz you might hit it off because you're 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 pretty much similar you might be dressing same so it's more about psychographic segmentation than demographic and countries and states are demographics how can brands build the belief you spoke about does this come in you know the due time process for building a belief is to first choose a target audience and understand the beliefs that you have as an individual or as a category which of those beliefs will resonate with that target audience yeah it's it's, it's like so the typical thing is a little bit of research and talking to consumers but also uh, things like workshops so people like me run brand workshops where these things come so it's about uh, like uh, let me give you an example uh, so, uh, so i used to work for a mattress brand okay what would be the belief of a mattress brand i think maybe comfort okay now that brand was on a belief that we give you good sleep if you buy my mattress you'll sleep well now who's the target audience the brand said our target audience is millennials what do millennials said about sleep they said we have no sleep problems thank you we sleep very well middle-aged and old people have sleep problems absolutely young people are getting many sleep problems number one then we said okay okay but do you still believe that a good mattress causes good sleep they said no you're talking nonsense good sleep is if i have a clear conscience good sleep is if i have no tension in life so they are equating very different things with a good sleep and mattress so then the belief of the brand has to then re calibrate to ensure that i am talking a right belief for my target audience this is a kind of process you follow like for example the dentist brand a lot of dentist brands say that you know white teeth you know come to us and they throw smiling white teeth uh, you know do you want to have great teeth come to me we went to consumers and said uh, what do you think is important for good looks they said hair skin weight they never said teeth has to be good. 
So you always get surprises from the consumer, and you have to calibrate your beliefs with the consumer. Is it a good idea to launch with a brand as a sub-brand? But this forms under the the small topic called brand architecture. Now, brand architecture is often a choice. So I've seen even the most the largest companies with the brightest minds are not able to agree on answers to questions like this. Yeah, for example, I mean one of my favorite. I mean I, I don't have any credibility to this. but i have always believed that xuv 500 in mahindra should have been a scorpio sub brand i believe a brand like scorpio has had just kind of left high and dry they launched xuv right so i mean right or wrong i don't know so but uh, just to come closer to your question see if the, so the, the the way to do this is if your current brand stands for a certain belief that is very different from the belief of this new sub category that you want to launch then very often that might just be another brand like for example itc launched apparel but they called it wills apparel because they didn't see anything wrong with cigarettes and shirts because it's all about lifestyle cigarettes also lifestyle but they when they launched food they didn't call it wills snacks they called it sunfeast yeah so the branding and they didn't associate uh, you know they for them it's not about cigarette association one way or the other so the the belief of that new product category is going to be the same as the belief of the parent brand if the belief for example gillet mac3 is a sub brand yeah but mac3 today a lot of people might say it's just mac3 because this is a case where the sub brand has become more so you don't just buy gillet but you know mac3 is from gillet so there are a lot of these kind of examples so a sub brand being a premium brand maybe you should just consider whether it should be a different brand altogether Thank you once again Shrinivas. Bye. PayU presents Upstart Live. Upstart Live is a podcast series featuring entrepreneurs and thought leaders from across various sectors in the Indian startup ecosystem. Thank you all for tuning in today. This has been a wonderful session. To understand more about the fintech world or just PayU in general, follow us on our social channels. We are across all platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Meanwhile, Do share suggestions on what topics you want us to address in our next session on our social channels. Also, please feel free to check out our podcast in this series. See you soon. Till then, grow more, do more and be more. Thank you.